Welcome, folks, to another Nerdy Cast. And tonight's episode is going to be fantastic. We further along our journey with Star Wars. And tonight's review will be Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Plus, we're going to talk about two new trailers that came out. Netflix's Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Paramount's Plus new series, Halo. We also did a review on a comic that I personally fell in love with called Batman Earth One. So, sit back and enjoy this great episode of Another Nerdy Cast. And Hello. Live. Hi. Hi. How are you? Me? I'm, I'm well. Good. Good. It's good. Good. How, how are you? It's riveting content right now. <laughs> We're we're amazing at this. Yeah, so for <laughs> nobody's viewing yet. So I guess for the yeah. uh, for the audio recording, welcome audio to the recording. Second episode of another nerdy cast. I'm Rob Patey, former comic reviewer on Ain't It Cool News and Middle Aged Dork. And you I'm are Chris, uh, I'm Chris Lakis, also uh younger <laughs> Um, uh, basically, I just love comics. I love movies. I love sci-fi. I love Lava Lamp. That's who I am. And used to work for Master Replicas, a uh, high-end toy company. You're, you're, you're Brick Tamlin from Anchorman. I love Lamp. <laughs> I love Lamp. lamp. <laughs> I love Lava Lamp. <laughs> and who's the third guy? And I'm... And I'm... ML Miller, you can call me Mark. Um, I used to write for Ain't It Cool News back in the day with Rob. And uh, I write some comics and I have a website, ML Miller Writes. You should check that out. And I have a YouTube page, ML Miller Frights. See what I did there? Ooh, I did. Yeah. Ooh, Frights, yeah. Frights. And we were totally talking about so. your shirt. We're talking about your shirt in the pre-room. You're wearing a Motel Hell shirt. Motel Hell, yes. You look yes. So, and I also, uh, it's all about chainsaws right now. Bzzz. Oh, bloody chainsaw! Leatherface, leather face, leather It's made out of. It's made out of. Yeah, it's made out of like foam, foam rubber. This, that's what this is, and then this is just like a felt doll. It's felt now. Where'd you get that? Uh, I think I got it at the last at at C two E two. See, everything is purple. What's up with my camera? Oh, it's supposed to be black. All my all the black. This is a black shirt, so I don't know what's going. Oh wow! Oh, it was actually purple, man. I was gonna I was gonna compliment you on it. It actually looked kind of cool with the purple. It did. Yeah, maybe I'll dye it purple. Yeah. No, I'm not that cool. Then it'll become, then it'll become black, right? Is that how that works? It yeah, in the camera. No, okay, it will. Okay, (laughs) okay. And Chris, you're wearing a James Silent Bob shirt, aren't you? Yes, I am. I've uh, recently started watching Comic Book Men. Started rewatching that, and. just been enjoying it. I just uh, want to go back to the stash and uh, I want to go see the Tesdi General Store. So, kind of just rehashing that. And, didn't uh, they? Uh, 
bring some kind they of. Moved, they moved the staff. Didn't they move the staff? They did. They, yeah, they moved it up the up a street or two blocks up. Yeah. So it's at the corner. I forgot what the road's called, but it's on the corner instead of like in the middle of the street. So it's bigger too. So that's cool. Yeah, it was it's very, actually pretty uh, cool. It was very, pretty cool because. Yeah, Go ahead. Oh yeah, it was pretty cool because uh, uh, we took took uh, my father in law there and uh, he got baby Groku. And that was pretty cool. So, of course, my Zaptic's like, be careful, be careful, be careful with it. Um, and, you know, you're talking to the guy who created, like, toy replicas. But, okay. All right, that's cool. So, that was pretty cool to see Mike, Zap Mike Zapka. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool. I loved it. I want to go back again. So. Nice. I went, hmm. we went a lot at, like, the early teens because my wife loved shopping in downtown red bank so she dropped me off there with all the other mm -hmm. wayward husbands we'd all just kind of like mope around and like you know we're gonna look at comic books while our wife spent all our money <laughs> hey that's, better, for my that's wife better than back, target so, being a person so you can buy me some comics <laughs> well that was when I, and that was right that was right when um i gave up shit review to uh cryptozoic men the um the comic book walt flanagan wrote oh yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. we have a pretty yeah. interesting conversation about that yeah 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 that's pretty cool yeah he's, he's pissed he's, he did not like my review <laughs> i he he seems like i mean it's just a review but i mean i don't know he seems to get mad about a lot of things. I don't know. I could be wrong. You're not allowed to get yeah, no, bad I mean, reviews was, anymore. Yeah. It was deserved. I shit all over it. It was, it was just not a good book. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in comics these days, if you give a bad review, that immediately is equated to an attack on that person's soul, it seems. so. Yeah. And we always... I don't know. We always had the rule. We always had the rule. Never make it personal. And we never, you know, we always. Yeah. That was one of your edit. That was one of your very few editorial edicts. Was never yeah. Make I it always personal. just said so I, it just yeah. Less about the comic, more about how it made you feel, basically. And if it made you right. feel like shit, right about that. So, which is really weird. But I don't think people if don't got, do if. People don't really do that these days, though. You know, sorry. <laughs> Which, but with, you know, no, like but nowadays, that's the thing. Which nowadays, is really, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. No, it's just really weird because, like, uh, you gave a good, you give a somewhat bad review and or bad review, and yet he does a lot of bad reviews <laughs> to other people's things. So if you're gonna, for me, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do it expect criticism if it's good or not and yeah. if you're because you're going to give it right back to them anyway i just i it, it's it's hilarious that he got mad about it but then he gives bad reviews to other things <laughs> to other people's work so it's just it's comical yeah it's called, so. it's called hypocrisy yeah. <laughs> well it, it just yes <laughs> it just feels like that um a, a lot of comic 
sites these days want to uh, kind of befriend these these creators, and uh, so that leaves them in a tricky ethical position, I think. And we we struggled with that sometimes at on like in behind the scenes, I think like people people would really like a Bendis book that was written and then I would give a negative review on it and then someone would in the group would take that personally and they felt like they needed to write uh, almost like a rebuttal <laughs> for it. Right. And it, it's it's like, you know, you don't know these guys. These are just people you read, you know, it's not like they're your best friends. <laughs> so, you know, let's, let's take a step back from, uh, you know, make it, I, I always try to keep it about the content and not about the, the writer themselves, but. I, I, it's and I always actually, like, I like those, I like those back and forths because it gave us more content. Like if we were ever short for a week, that was great. Go ahead. Fucking, I guess, review the same book again, but from a counterpoint, fine. Fuck it. It gave us more words on yeah. the page. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, and that's what was cool. I, it, I remember for the longest time, people thought that like, it was just me writing with different monikers oh, or yeah. everyone would think, everyone would think you were the, the only one writing the reviews. And it's like, no, we're a team of people. And uh, we had a group and we all had various tastes and yeah. The problem is, is that you were listed as the editor. So it was your name that kind yeah. of came up on the front and your name that came up on the back. And the way Ain't It Cool, <laughs> terrible fucking formatting was, you couldn't like <laughs> make the reviewer name pop at all, right? I mean, you were using basic HTML yeah. to build out these pages and it just gave you absolutely no style sheets for the reviewer name to have any kind of a pop to it in the head. So. Yeah, I mean, I had to do a yeah. lot of my own personal work to kind of get my brand out there and do the reach out to the companies and the creators to say, hey, let me review your shit. Let's let me take a look at something. You made some nice introductions for me as well to kind of help shoulder the burden for you, um, you know, with like, well, the yeah, DC yeah, I think stuff. Yeah, I, I think like you, uh, there were a couple of others who really went the uh, like extra mile to to do that, take that step. Um, and I think there were others yeah. that were just kind of just just doing reviews and just having fun with it, which is fine. I was I was happy for any content because there were a lot of weeks where we didn't have content. And I was like, oh, I guess we're not doing a post this week, <laughs> which I, well, I mean, but I, we can I talk use, about any cool use... news all day. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. One more thing. I mean, I used a lot of my internal, you know, I used a lot of my marketing knowledge. Right. I mean, it was using what I knew from a marketing perspective. And that's what drove me always nuts with Harry was that like, we couldn't get him to listen to the basics of internet marketing. That was my only frustration ever in the 10 years I did it was just could not get that bastard yeah. to listen to the things we should do to upgrade like the podcast. Right. I mean, that was, we did that on the fucking down low because you know, yeah. we didn't want to get caught. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we did it for a while though. It was fun. Yeah, we did. How long you guys how long you guys do it? Ten years? Is that what I heard? You guys ten, did ten you years were on podcast? way long. Yeah, I think longer. I started in two thousand yeah, I started in two thousand one and I left in two thousand sixteen. I think that's when we kind of pulled the plug on it. So yeah, fifteen years. Somewhere. And uh 
yeah rob came in just a, like a couple years into it but um definitely one of our best reviewers hmm. oh <laughs> i actually you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about yeah get a room we'll talk Speaking of reviews, we'll talk about this in a minute, but um, I was doing a little research because Chris just recently recently read Batman Earth One, so I couldn't find it in my plethora of stacks. So I did a Wikipedia on it, and my reviews are actually still linked up for Batman Earth One and Superman Earth One off of Wikipedia. Nice. Yeah. That is cool. I missed that. Uh, that might be it's I'm fine, Chris. It's fine. Like, don't look now. So Damn it. Pay it us. I'm looking. Pay I'm looking. Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. No. No, I'm actually excited to talk about the review for Batman Earth One. Um, you know, I, I think I messaged you guys like I want to get into comic books, I want to get back into what's a good series and stuff like that. And then um came and in, you know, what what's your genre, what you like who's your superhero and i like um of course i like batman and right now i'm in a batman mood i guess because batman's coming out but i uh looked up batman earth one and i'm like man what is this This is another uh, story another reboot whatever but i looked into it started reading it and i just i i didn't want it to end you know and that's how for me like i don't want it to end and uh it was really good so I can't wait to talk about that. Are there, <laughs> are there three volumes? There are three volumes. Yeah. 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 They did I don't think I read volumes? the second or I read the I read the second one, but I don't think I read the third one. But mm. yeah, they did three volumes of that and they did three volumes of Superman. And I think they did two of Wonder Woman. Earth One, Earth One always had the problem of being overshadowed by the New Fifty Two. They started Superman mm. Earth One a year before the New Fifty Two, mm. and then it took them five fucking years to recontinue it again. Like it was, there was a huge gap between when Superman Earth One, the Volume One, came out uh, by J. Michael Straczynski uh, and Shane Davis, Shane Davis. And then when Johns and Frank actually got to do Batman because they were in such a continuity clusterfuck with the new 52. Yeah. Well, you can only fuck up continuity in one universe at a time. (laughs) (laughs) No. One universe at a time. (laughs) They've proven they can fuck it up in multiple continuities. It just they had to get their they had to get the ball rolling, but they were beautiful. I mean, they were yeah. prestige format, right? They were hardcover, um, high gloss. I mean, yeah. and Gary Frank, yeah. Gary Frank and Jeff Johns together just made some magic in the early teens yeah. of the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Frank Who is my, probably one of my favorite artists. He's probably one of my favorites of yeah, all of them. Um, Midnight Nation, um, Doomsday Clock, everything he touches is just awesome. So, I wish he'd touch me. <laughs> <laughs> well, be honest, Mark. I mean, just just, just hanging out there, okay? Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Throwing it out there. All right, guys. Chris, what did you think of Tell us, as, tell us as a new reader, what you know? What did you think of the story? Was it, it, it? They never introduced a Joker, right? It was the Penguin was the villain in it. Penguin, the ping, the Penguin was the villain. Um, what, I guess fates. what Wasn't I liked Harvey. Part it was uh, uh, Harvey Bullock as the guy who came in as a new partner, but he was a new partner as a televised uh, TV host for documentaries of murder crime solving out of hollywood and he came to gotham to be jim gordon's new partner but the first pages is basically you see batman as um really kind of new and you're like wow he's making all these mistakes mechanical stuff is not working as great as it is and then um and then the next you know the next panel or next page you see like out you see you're introduced to thomas wayne and he's you know he's trying to make mayor and um you see Alfred, and Alfred's not like the regular Alfred that we're all used to. So that was really cool. He's like this veteran Royal Marines kind of dude, and uh, he's kind of rugged with the beard. I'm like, wow, that's, that's really cool. So that just that kind of grabbed you, and then um, and then like the the, the imagination really kind of grabs you, and like well, I pull the next page or a couple pages, and Birthday Boy. <laughs> And um, you don't know who Birthday Boy is, but you know he's doing something really bad to these women or girls. And your imagination just, oh god, man, you got Batman's got to do something, like right. So you have this villain, new villain that I've never, I, I think I've never heard, probably heard of, but I've never heard of before. And then like, um, and it's the Penguin, but it's not. He's Mayor Copperpot, so he's not the penguin he's the mayor and all of gotham is just bad like um jumping forward a little bit like all of gotham is just completely ruined crooked um jim gordon doesn't even want to work he just wants to kind of get the paycheck and move wide on by because mayor a uh, couple bot it's just he's just bad um and he's got every villain that or crook there working for him and then the reveal of who killed Thomas and Martha Wayne and then um, who, um, you know, what's the mystery behind that? Who's birthday boy? Who's this killer? Um, and then, um, and then at the end, it was just really kind of put it all together. Like Harvey Bullock goes off the, the edge, <laughs> you know, he starts drinking and then, uh, and uh, he, what he what I love about this is uh, we're we just saw the new trailer a couple of weeks ago of the Batman, and I'm like, man, this is really kind of like I don't think I, I be honest, half of me is like, man, this seems like it would be Earth One, and this is where they're going towards too, but it's also like that the Batman's like gritty and and just darker, and like Earth One, and I'm really kind of hoping that's kind of the direction that they're trying to do because in the comic they, book you know you know go ahead i was gonna say they did earth one as a reaction somewhat reactionary to um the marvel ultimate universe because the ultimate you know basically after 50 60 years of continuity they realized that mm -hmm. the worlds have become so different that was something i struggled with you know coming into comics and then you know 20 years later after reading them was 
the world would be so much different if these titans existed, if these heroes existed, right? We, we would have less famine. We would have, and they realized that the worlds were not reflective of our own. So when Marvel did the ultimate mm -hmm. spider, you know, ultimate universe, basically the dawn yeah. of heroes in the Marvel, DC kind of went, well, fuck me, we got to do something similar. And that's really what Earth One was mm -hmm. supposed to embody was what if it was our world right now and these heroes popped up out of nowhere. And it's you see that a hell of a lot more indicative in the Superman book because um, it's aliens mm -hmm. coming to the world the first time. Uh, and they really did a lot of kind of man on the street moments in the Superman book about, oh, fuck, the world has changed so much. That, and that's what I loved mm -hmm. about the Earth ones. Uh, you know, even, even the Wonder Woman one, not the best work, but not bad. Um, but even she came yeah. along, though, much but, later. So that freshness to the world uh, had sort yeah. of waned. But Batman kept it. Batman, Batman was very good in that regard. Yeah. That was yeah. Grant Morrison on Wonder Woman, right? I think so. Yeah. And it was just weird. Yeah. Like Grant Morrison. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Which, which the next book I want to read is uh, Superman Earth One Two, and um, because uh, I well, so the disappointing is because I never heard you guys say anything about Volume Two or Three, and I'm like, man, it's Volume One was so good. Do I want to pick up Volume Two? But I, I, I want to to see like what's the continuation and and stuff like that. Yeah. They were good. They were okay. they were good reads. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the super one. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say the Superman one, the Superman one is J. Michael Straczynski, who's probably one of my favorite comic writers of all time. I mean, it's they're they're really good. Mm. He's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Cause I like Jeffrey Who John. Wrote, uh, was it Jeffrey he, John? It's Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. J. Michael Straczynski wrote uh Midnight Nation with Gary Frank or with Gary Frank's Love. art. So yeah, Midnight uh, Midnight Nations one of my Yeah, it's one of my favorite series of all time. Yeah. So good. Hmm. So yeah, that's uh yeah, he's doing uh, about, he's like... doing Geiger. He's doing Geiger with Jeff Johns now uh for Image. Uh, uh oh, really? Gary Frank is. So he's Still working for Jeff Johns with I think that's right I, I believe um, so maybe I'm Jeff wrong. Johns went over to Jeff Johns went over to Image. Mm, maybe not. Let no, me, I think let you're me right. use I'm, my I'm, computer. No, screen. it is. Yeah, it's. No, I got. I got you covered. You're not good at it. Um, yes, it's. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's Image comic. I'm surprised. I'm. W-W-Dot-Blog-Earl. W-Dot. <laughs> Typing out the Earl right now. Yeah, yeah. look at that. That's, uh, wow. Because yeah. isn't Jeff, is Jeff still the chief creative officer or whatever of D.C.? He is, but he is doing this series through Image. But I think yeah. it's kind of because it, DC was kind of wanting him to lay low after the whole uh, cyborg thing. And Jeff Johns still wanted to make comics. So he just went to Image and said, you know, if 
DC won't okay. do it. I oh, don't know. Absolutely. I don't know any behind the scenes stuff. But it does. It, it is a good series. I like that one. It's uh, he's building an entire world with an entire history with that thing. The eighty pager just came out. Uh, I think it was last week, uh, and I got that. So I haven't. I haven't read it yet though. But um, he's got like what is it called? Uh, a version. It Geiger. Geiger. Like Geiger counter. Geiger. Um, it's a guy. It's basically kind of like the Hulk's origin. He he's trying to save these people, and he gets hit with an atomic bomb, and instead of dying, he turns mm-hmm. into this kind of like see-through. His skin is kind of see-through, and he you could see his skeleton under under his skin, and uh, he's this. And it's like a post-apocalyptic sort of world, and there's a GI yeah. robot kind of character, which is pretty cool. So yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty awesome story. You can tell he's putting a lot of work out. into it to kind of build build the universe. Yeah, uh, I'll definitely look into that. Yeah, I think the first arc is out, and then he's got this he's got this eighty pager that just came out too. So um, he's putting putting some work into it. Okay. Huh. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. No, and so yeah, I mean, hey, you learn well with you guys. I learn every day, so that makes me feel so much special. So, and I'm being honest. <laughs> I don't care, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was like I said, this this one is just really fantastic, and and it is just like there's some great moments, like um, what are you? What are you? And, and Mayor Kalfas says that, and he says, "I'm vengeance," and I'm like, "Oh, that looks like a trailer." And then, um, trailer of Batman, and then um, Bullock is just like he sees all these bodies, and he's just like he's just he's a mess, and he's not like the way he was when he came back in the Gotham. And um, he goes, "Who could do this? Like, what is this?" And then Batman goes, "Evil. This is real evil." And I'm like, "Oh, I like this. This is awesome." So, yeah. So that's my review. I liked. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I can't wait to do volume one and uh, volume two and three, and then um, yeah, and Superman volume uh, Earth one. So, what do you guys think? What's your thoughts and reviews? I agree. I think you're uh, you're on the right. That you're you're looking at the right books. Like those are those are some really strong uh, strong books. Um, Anything Gary Frank does is awesome. And pretty much anything Jeff Johns does mm-hmm. is awesome. He's just got this, he's got this grasp of DC, the DC characters that I don't think too many other people really have. Um, and uh, so anything by Jeff Johns, I would recommend. His, his um, okay. he did, a, he, he was basically quintessential. And um, if you've watched the Flash TV series, Johns was the yeah. one who made the rogues. Johns was the one who made the rogue gallery cool. His work on the Flash in the early two thousands basically uh, mm-hmm. made the rogues gallery something to give a shit about. He 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 had a very unique way of taking the hokiness of the Silver Age in the sixties and giving it a uh, gravitas and resonance, right? And, and fleshing out what were these silly ideas. He did the same thing for Green Lantern, basically. He made, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, he, he 
all these stupid colors and everything that had been referenced in the 60s, he gave that whole spectrum of light a lot more power and story oomph behind it. He, you know, I mean, he's, if you've read DC over the past 10, 15 years and you've loved DC, he was one of the chief architects of that happening, basically. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got a new one coming out um, where he's, he's doing Flashpoint Batman, who's investigating uh, something. I forget what, but he's trying to figure out Flashpoint and it's, it's uh, Thomas Wayne as Batman uh, because in Flashpoint universe, Bruce Wayne and Martha Wayne were killed and Thomas lived and he's a much darker uh, Batman yeah. who, who uses guns and uh, all this other stuff. Mm. Um, but uh, so, and he's an older <laughs> Batman. Um, it's, it's interesting. But that, but but is, it's, he was he was the only good thing but that he was the only good thing that came out, out of he was the only good thing that came out of the flashpoint paradox was basically Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 But that's not but that's not so, the same as the new fifty two of City of Bane, right? That's not that's totally different, correct? Because I'm going through City of Bane a little bit of the kind of a multi verse. And Thomas Wayne is like the Batman, so that's not the same, right? That's a different it's the same guy kind of storyline. Yeah, that's the same character. Mm. Yeah, it's the same character. Um, he's in okay. the regular DC universe. Um, I think he's part mm-hmm. of like the Justice League incarnate right now. Um, so he's he's in modern continuity. Um, yeah, there was just a there was a moment where he teamed up with Bane and uh, was a real bad guy. Um, compared yeah. to Batman and they both attacked Batman. So, gotcha. um, but it's uh, now he's, he's kind of seen the error, error in his ways, I guess. Gotcha. Chris, your love of um, Superman 77 and Christopher Reeve, you should definitely check out yes. um, Superman, Superman secret origins by Johns and Frank. Superman yeah. secret origins. Got it. Yeah. Also, there's a series right right now. There's a series right now uh, by Robert Venditti, who is doing Superman 77, which is a it's basically based Mm. off of the un unmade Donner scripts. Um, He's got Brainiac in there and he's got uh, it's kind of like Brainiac and Candor and all of this stuff that was supposed to be if you've read any of the behind the scenes on what Donner was supposed to be. Uh, doing with the third one instead of Richard Pryor, um, it it kind of goes in that direction. So, uh, so yeah, uh, that's a really good series. And Robert Venditti is actually one of my favorites. Uh, one of my favorite modern writers. Um, I think he's a he's he's another one that that really understands the characters and uh, does a does a great job with with the DC universe. That was all the guys they. Uh, those all the guys they poached from Valiant. Robert Venditti and Justin Jordan and Sule. Yeah. They were all Valiant guys that then jumped over. Yeah. 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 They went to DC during New Fifty Two, I think, or no, during Rebirth, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Okay. So we have to. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh so this was a big week. I think it was a big week. I 
<laughs> like I, uh, this is a good week. I mean, it was a little rough at a root canal Monday, uh, last week and then, uh, barely four hours of sleep, but bubble fett and peacemaker kind of just <laughs> chapter six episodes, um, were amazing. Um, so what are you, are you guys on six? Yeah. I'm caught up all the way. I, I think on both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I am too. Yeah. Okay. I, the, the thing okay. with Boba Fett is Boba Fett is great is without Boba Fett. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. The past, the past two episodes have been phenomenal and haven't had a fuck all to do with Boba Fett. You've had the Mandalorian. And then, of course, spoiler for anybody who's here, then, of course, we get to see the return of uh, Luke Skywalker and Grogu, which was just phenomenal. I mean, that was just amazing. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I just well, and, I think and, I, uh, I, found, I think cried. <laughs> <laughs> I found the CG uh, this time around to be amazing. You know, he Luke looked oh, exactly yeah. like Luke. Um, I don't know what um, kind of... Uh, advancements that has happened since Mandal since the Mandalorian that last episode of the Mandalorian, but um, set it at this I don't know where this place is the Jedi Refuge um, set there. I, he looks great, like you know I, I it looked exactly like Luke from from nineteen eighty nine. You, you see it happen in porn first, obviously, because porn is responsible for all technological advancements. But, I mean, the AI deepfake technology, it, it, you know, it learns from itself. Every time, you know, they do this, the AI is behind the scenes learning how to make it even better. You can see a few hiccups if you're on a 4K screen and you're close enough to it. Because I've got a 65-inch right. yeah. basic reality. I'm probably have it too close to my head. Uh, you can see a little bit yeah, of the, right. you can see a little bit of the head, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's just, this was also a much bigger scene. This was almost the whole freaking episode versus just the scene we saw yeah. in Mandalorian last night. Yeah. So they did the trip yeah. for I do a lot think, longer this time. I do think the, the Jabba Bukaki scene was a, a parsec too far. Like he's seeing. Just to just to go back uh real quick of what Rob said. I listen like it's gotten a lot of flack of like it, it's bubble the book of bubble fat. But it, as for me, it's it's done well. Yeah, we got Mando. And everybody's like freaking out. And we got Luke Skywalker. I freaking cried, Rob. I was crying. I don't know why I was crying. And second, thirdly, <laughs> thirdly, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's enjoyable. I mean, it's gotten its pace. I do now know, Rob, and I think Mark said it too, the whole biker club thing that's a little millennial. I, I, I do get that and I get why they did it and why they're trying to do it. Um but it's just enjoyable. So you put you put all these characters something because we know something big's gonna happen. I mean you got Groku and Skywalker and Ahsoka and like 
just it's, it's just what's there not to complain about and the bubble fat scene to get when he's trying to get the armor and he uses the sonic chargers I mean, once we get to attack the clones, um, it's just one of those sounds that's just fantastic. And, and it's just, it's just, a, and everything that they're doing, even if you don't like the prequels or done anything like that, they pay homage to it and they, they bring it together to make it cooler, just like the Naboo ship. Um, so I don't know. I, I love although, it. I think this is like a. Although, I'll <laughs> say the Naboo ship. The Naboo ship, he's a bounty hunter. Where the fuck does his bounty sit in a one-seater ship? That's a very good yep. question. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. He's going to have to hollow out that droid port because he, he mentioned that droid port because I think the whole time he's thinking of where he's going to put uh, Groku um, if he needs like a, right. uh, another yeah. passenger. And he talked about, oh, you... You used up the droid port, so I don't know where I'm gonna eat. Yeah, there's no room for anything else in that. that so the, any, or his no, gear, no. his armor, his weapons. There's, there's nothing. That was the. It's that like was, a midlife. Rob, that was like. Yeah, it's a midlife crisis spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's he gonna put the frog eggs? You know, <laughs> can't put the frog eggs anywhere. Oh, uh, one thing about eggs. the book, of, one thing about book of book of Boba Fett, they've been lying to us from the beginning because motherfucker hasn't cracked open a book the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> no reading in this one. What's going on? <laughs> no book. <laughs> I just my my thing with my thing with the prior episodes of Book of Boba Fett. It as soon as he goes into that moisture chamber, I'm like, oh fuck me, here we go. We're gonna have another 20 minutes of <laughs> desert wisdom gonna be shoved down our. Right? We're gonna have more mystical sand people shit for 20 minutes of the episode. So I, like, I should have loved called, it every time. It should have been called. What? It should have been called the moisture the pit sand? of Boba Fett. <laughs> Getting moist with the sand people. <laughs> what, what did you guys? Did, <laughs> did you did you guys not like? I like the sand people story. Did you guys feel like no connection there, or is this? I thought it was pretty good. I think it went on too long. Went on too, too long. Too Rob, Rob's like. <laughs> Okay. Too much. Too long. Okay. Yeah. It drank. It just drank. I appreciate so much. Yeah. I I appreciate the lore, like going into the detail of their customs and stuff. That was kind of cool, but I think it could have been cut down to maybe two episodes rather than four. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I agree. I agree. It's just it's just super cool to see. Um... It's just, just it's really cool to see a story like that. I mean, it it is I could see where uh it's slow and it's too like drawn out, but then once you get to episode I think when you get to episode three or four, it's like it's picking up a little bit. And then when you get to episode five, your your mind's blown at this point. And you're like, What the hell just happened? I'm 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 having an overdose right now. So 
Um, yeah. Which we're we're getting something big. We're getting really something big soon. He's gonna ride a rancor. <laughs> I, think. I think that's what we're gonna get. He's gonna be on the back of a rancor, attacking people. So you know, I just wish somebody was in casting was like, you know what? We need to find somebody who would like train a rancor. Danny Chucho. That's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> That's the guy we need to get on this show today. <laughs> it was great seeing him, but it was kind of like seeing Mace Windu, which we'll we'll talk about later. But um, familiar faces in Star Wars annoy me. Um, I I just feel like yeah. it should be it it should be English stage actors the whole time, like or like. <laughs> People from shows that I, like, I, are outside outside of the genre, I guess you know. Every every time every time uh, Amy Sedaris comes up on Book of Boba Fett, like I expect her to like go into her Jerry Blank face, like you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and like like Jim Jimmy Smiths, you know, like Samuel uh... Jackson. All that stuff. It's just those guys. They have, yeah, but they have too much baggage. Um, Even I think uh, Natalie Portman almost had too much baggage. But we'll we'll get into that stuff. Yeah, we'll get into that. She was a big star. Yeah. Yeah. Look. (laughs) Hey. Um. So (laughs) before we get to that, uh, chapter six of Peacemaker. You guys caught up on that or no? Yes. Awesome. All right. I love yeah, the uh, home, more, sweet, just, home sweet home scene. Yes. The 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 just the fact. I mean, it just show, I and I love it when I see like actors who you don't think so like actually playing piano or actually playing guitar, it, like showing that they have a, have these other talents other than mm-hmm. uh, wrestling and wrestling or acting or whatever. You know, it's just kind of it's mm-hmm. funny that people have people are able to do more than one thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they just trained him. I don't know if they trained him to do it for that episode, or like just play those five bars. Because you could teach a chimp to do that. I mean, shit, that's not. Uh, yeah. So the the background the background behind that the background behind that piano is actually is him playing. He's actually self taught instrumental instrument. Oh. Uh, he self-taught instruments and James Gunn. So brief background that I thought this is really, either it's really sweet or it's really cool. Uh, James Gunn, when they were doing suicide squad, James Gunn's uh, dog passed away for after 17 years. So they're at the air uh, hotel and there was a piano and John Cena gets up and he starts uh, playing uh, I forget the song, but it wasn't Home Sweet uh, Home Sweet Home. It was something else. And then James is like, "Thanks, I needed that." So he brought that Aww. to the episode because of what was going on with John uh, Peacemaker's life, what was going on with drama. So James is like, "You know what? Why don't we let's put that passion in there, that that uh, feeling?" So, so yeah, that that that's all John. Because my wife was like, "Is that really him?" I'm like, yeah, I just wanted to see the episode first and then get the background behind it because I've been 
I see it That's all. Cool. I have something I do. I'm, I'm well, you can tell it was his meaty fingers. You know, his giant yeah, fingers. Yeah, yeah. I wonder he was able to hit like 12 <laughs> keys at once with those big-ass hands. I definitely knew it was, it definitely knew it was him playing, but sometimes, like, mm-hmm. I had to play. There was, there was a thing I had to do in college where I had to play, play like, a couple, uh, the opening stanza to Sublime's, to one to a Sublime song. And so they taught oh, me basically cool. the the ten chords I needed or the ten stanzas I needed to play, but I can't play the actual fucking guitar, right? So I learned that I practiced those ten bars I needed to play. I did it poorly, but so I wasn't sure if they had just taught him that little bit. But that's cool. He actually plays piano. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, but um. I, you know, at during the episode, I'm like, when golf writes the peace symbol and it's all hell's breaking loose, I'm like, I don't know who to freaking trust at this point. And my wife's like, quit freaking out. We're all freaking out. And then for the life of me, Murr's friend, this spoiler, everybody, there's a lot of spoilers here. So just know, bear with us. Um, go watch Peacemaker. Whatever you're doing, just stop. Go watch Peacemaker. Um, <laughs> The goth is like doing the symbol, and then uh, Murr's friend, which I thought, I thought that was a butterfly. I thought he was a butterfly when he killed all those three mm-hmm. cops, and he wasn't. And it should have got no. off me where he looked at uh, Soapy, and he didn't see he didn't see as a butterfly, and she didn't see him as just yeah. so that could have put a red flag, and then. Dude, it's crazy. Like, at the end of that episode, I'm like, holy crap. His dad's an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand his dad. Like, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. It's just, well, it's it, uh, and that guy is more like a, a guy from, I think, uh, oh, God, is it, what's his, what's the one guy's name? The the guy, Murph? Merv? Mern. 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 Yeah. Um. I uh I I think that Mern he's from Mern's past and he says that Mern has done a lot of really bad things in the past. So I think that he's just a heartless mercenary that he needed to go in and and do that stuff with. Um and I think it was interesting that he didn't mix him he didn't really mix him with his team because I think that even even his team is too they're not able to handle that the kind of intensity that and craziness that that guy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad though, yeah, because think... now that the, now that the butterflies are inside the perp people, like all those, yeah. all those people are like, they're gone. They're like totally gone now. So those characters aren't like, yeah. it's not something who's going to yeah. be around for the second season. And I kind of like those characters uh, that got possessed. Yeah. They're, they're kind of cool characters. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they'll find a way to extract, like be able to take the butterflies out without killing people. Yeah. yeah. I also loved in the, yeah. the previous, was that the same episode where they go in and they attack? No, there's the episode before where they, uh, they get the gorilla and uh and um 
they they go in at first and they just try to talk to the old lady at the reception desk and john cena just yeah. blows her head off just immediately and i just could not stop laughing at that and, and uh, he goes yeah i'm wearing my x-ray vision i can see that but he doesn't say that and he just kills like three people right there in front of her and it was just amazing <laughs> such a good scene it is a good scene x-ray helmet Uh, You know, I I think it's smart. I think that uh, James Gunn is, if anyone can revitalize the DC universe, I think James Gunn is. And if if Warner Brothers has a brain in their collective heads, they would really try to hang on to James Gunn as much as they can, because it feels like he he loves kind of like the goopy, goopier aspects of DC. But I also noticed that um, Jody Hill... Uh, directed an episode a couple episodes back um, and Jody Hills mm. kind of partners with uh, David David Gordon Green and if they could get David Gordon Green Jody Hill and uh, and James Gunn to kind of like direct start taking control of the DC Cinematic Universe I think they could really course correct it and make it into something almost as powerful if not more than than what marvel's doing um it just seems like those guys have yeah he he should absolutely become the kevin feige and i'm i'm thinking he would think he would do an amazing justice league international like let's let him do a jli tv series yeah yeah or uh, um, i mean just 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 a Superman versus Lobo or something. And I was thinking that, like, wouldn't it be cool? Like, everyone thought Jason Momoa would have been a great Lobo. But wouldn't it be cool if they went the other way and they just made a really slob-like Lobo and just made it Danny McBride as Logo Lobo and just made him <laughs> out to be this arrogant, beer-swigging, like, yeah. biker guy that just comes in, doesn't give a shit about anything. And, I mean, it feels like yeah. it's it would... I think that would work because it's it's kind of subverting expectations. No, he's not a muscle guy or anything, but it it's kind of like, you know, you, it's almost like too on the nose to have like a Jason Momoa play uh, Lobo. But uh, and they also have like Joe Manganiello is also playing uh, Deathstroke. So it's like, you know, you already used those two perfect guys as that who would have been a good logo, Lobo. So shit. Danny McBride, let him be Lobo. I think that would be an awesome casting. <laughs> yeah, that would. Yeah, yeah that'd be good totally on the money. <laughs> yeah, I could just see him pulling up I on a, like drinking beer, pulling up on a motorcycle, like, and it's just like acting mm-hmm. like a badass and like a total braggart mm-hmm. and badass. That's basically what he did in Eastbound and Down the entire time. So, I, yeah, I know, yeah he just, was. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Be a lot of fun. That would be perfect as Lobo. So, yeah, that's been great this week. I I think we both all the way around love those two episodes. That made my week better. Um, But I kind of want to talk about Mark, the Halo trailer came out. Oh. Thoughts, criticism. <laughs> Thoughts, criticism. Wow, did you really you fuck think? that up and go to the wrong guy, Chris? 
Oh, wait, 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 wait. I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. I thought Mark was the guy. Maybe I heard. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. My bad. I misread the communication part of our outline. <laughs> Rob, what do you think of the Halo? <laughs> Sorry, man. No, Since Rob. I don't yeah, play games. Are, are you a- yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we're talking two trailers this week. Mark is the other trailer yeah. we're going to talk to. Yeah, the trailer. Um, right. So, Rob, yeah. what do you think, man? What do you, what do you think? I, and, 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 Rob, I've never, ever, 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 maybe one time, play Halo. So, <laughs> what do you – so, <laughs> what do you think? I originally bought, I it, bought my original – I bought my original Xbox because of Halo. So I had an N64 rolling. I had a Dreamcast, which we got that as a wedding present back in 2000. And then I got my my first Xbox because I heard of this game Halo coming out. I probably played it for an hour and a half and said, what the, why does anybody give a rat's ass about this this game? It's it's a It's basically it's your standard first person shooter with some aliens and shit. So I stayed on Xbox for many years, mainly because, you know, and I realized I've never really, I've never really playing Xbox exclusives. Why do I have this? I just keep getting Xbox because I know the controller, I guess. So I played the first Halo for about 15 minutes um, and said, okay, this is just another standard first person shooter. The story looks okay. Um, but it's not enough to keep me hooked in. And I realized over time, I just really don't like first person shooters, but anyway, um, this trailer though, looks pretty interesting. Like I would actually watch a Halo series, um, even though I don't give a shit about the games themselves. So that's my review of the Halo trailer. It's cool. It looks neat. It looks like a video game. I mean, which we'll get again to. Star Wars Episode Two in a second, which I don't love watching video games. That was my problem with all pod race in Star Wars Episode One was that for I had already been playing pod racing on my N64 for a month and a half when, by the time the movie came out. So it's like, okay, this is like a video game I can't fucking play. Who cares? I don't know. Maybe they'll make this good. Maybe I don't know. I'll, I'll watch the first episode though. Okay. Yeah. Now uh, go to the other trailer. What's it on? Now go to the other. Yeah. What? what what's <laughs> no, it on? Is it on net, net, Netflix or? No, I think, on, I think it's on. I think it's on Paramount. Paramount. Paramount Plus. Plus. Yeah. yeah. Paramount no, Plus. I don't have. I don't yeah. have that one. Yeah, you should get it, man. Come on. I have. I have. I have, it, I have it. I have the others. I have it for yeah. Star Trek. So it's like I can't live without my Star Trek. So it's like I have Paramount Plus for that. Uh, yeah, and I ha- I love Star Trek as well, but also I've been involved with SEAL Team, and well, I'm a big military guy and history guy, and SEAL Team's just amazing. So if you haven't watched SEAL Team yet, watch SEAL Team. Um, now on to the other trailer. <laughs> to the right guy, Mark. <laughs> Um, Twirling <laughs> <laughs> right. around, massacre. If it makes you feel any better, Mark, I watched the trailer. 
<laughs> so good. And, Has anyone uh, seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre before? Like the original? I saw I saw it. Yeah, because like I grew up with older people. Like I grew up with older kids that lived behind us, and we were the only ones with cable. So they would all come over to our yeah. house to watch, basically pretending to hang out with me while watching our cable. So I was subjected to the 1974. Wasn't the 1974 one was the first one to come out? Uh, I think it was. I think it was 72. No, yeah, I think it was 74. I had to. I had to check my. Hold on. Blog. Hold on. Typing. Test Chase Massacre 1974. And the remake was in 2002. And I never watched. And Leatherface came out, I think, six years ago. And never watched any of them. But there's like I'll I think there's it. like eight. I'll let you take it. Wait, yeah, there, yeah, there are like okay, the first four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, there are like eight of them. Um, first two are pretty good. The third one's okay. Fourth one's abysmal, but it has. It's the first movie with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. If you're ever looking for their first appearances oh, yeah. in a movie, they're both in that movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, then they had the Michael Bay ones, the two Michael Bay ones that they did, which were pretty good. And then uh, uh, I liked the one with Alexandria Daddario, which was in 3D, um, and it was pretty mm -hmm. good. I, I it a lot of people didn't like it because it tried to be a direct sequel to the original. And then they had another one that was supposed to be a prequel showing Leatherface as a child. And now we're getting this one, which is supposed to be another sequel to the original. And they're basically going the Halloween, um, Halloween yeah. route with it, with, uh, by basically bringing back the original final girl to, to fight Leatherface. Um, Leatherface has aged in sort of real time even though it took place in 74 and he was probably, he was probably in his twenties during that time. Um, so that would make him. 77. Well, they said he's, yeah, they were, I guess he's in the seventies is supposed to be, but here's the thing. Everybody's complaining about that, that it's supposed to be old man Leatherface, and he wouldn't even be able to pick up a chainsaw. But in the original movie, there's a character called grandpa and he is supposed to be a hundred and he's over a hundred. He's like, um, like 120 years old or something like that. Um, and he's still alive. And so, and they, these guys are cannibals. They live in South Texas or somewhere in Texas and um, they, they eat human meat. So we don't really know that like that might actually make, uh, make you younger. Like that might be the fountain of youth there where you uh, where you eat human meat and that's why you're young. So maybe that's why old Leatherface is still around kicking it and fighting and he's able to still kill the bad guys or the good guys or whatever, however you look at him. But um, I've followed this since the inception of my YouTube channel. So I'm 
I'm excited for it just because it feels like I've been I have been following this for the, for that long. Um, but I um, I always get disappointed a little bit by the actual movie because people don't take it seriously. But it's directed or it's produced by the guy that did the Last Evil Dead, which who and also Don't Breathe, which is uh, who's a really uh, awesome director, uh, Fede Alvarez. Um, he, so I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. There is that scene. Did you guys see the scene where they were, they said, uh, it's a very cringy scene where uh, Leatherface gets on the bus and the guy goes, if you, one more step and you're canceled, dude. Uh, it's pretty on the nose. Um, and I guess the whole movie is about these influencers who um, go in and they revitalize a town so that it can be a safe space. Basically, um, uh, so it's uh, it, it it'll be interesting. I think they're laying it on thick, but at the same time, how many hippies did did Jason Voorhees kill? Like, how many hippies did all these slashers kill back then? And it's like you know these yeah. these like socially conscious millennials, um, they are like the new hippies, and that's basically there wouldn't be anyone else who. Um, who the slashers would take out that's always been the way it sort of works so um i think people complaining about it have really uh, they, and there are in the in the like the community a lot of people complaining about um the how modern they're taking things but who knows uh it, i'm i'm looking forward Isn't to that, seeing it i know you guys aren't you guys aren't excited about it but <laughs> Our nipples are our uh, nipples aren't hard over it like you are, but <laughs> I'll say shouldn't art shouldn't art be reflective of the time? I mean, I mean, yes, they should have influencers in this, and you know, we can go back to Boba Fett, and we can, and Chris, you called the bikers in Boba Fett millennials. You're a fucking millennial. They're Gen Z, right? It's right. the generation after you. Oh, Gen Z. All right, um, never mind. Well, that's well, that's the, well, that's the thing. Like what he just said. It wasn't like these are not millennials in this town. They're Gen Zs, because us millennials. Yeah, yeah that's what they are. <laughs> yeah, very true. So you're but right. I my think. Bad. Yeah, it, my bad. My, my bad. They absolutely. It's this whole go like this you know it, it. Well, it, it's I, I think it it goes into the culture a little bit where it's like I've seen people where it um, there it's it's where I've I've been driving and somebody cuts me off or or i accidentally cut them off and i look over and uh they have like a cell phone up taking a picture of me or and it's it's this idea that like that's their whole world and you see anybody like in a fight or anything like that now and all it is is just people like capturing it on their phones and it's almost like um this that's the defense of everyone these days that they're just I'm filming you and I'm going to put this online and this is what's, do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's that kind of like weaponized and it, it is kind of like a comment that like this guy's, well, this guy's carrying a chainsaw and instead of running for the exits, these idiots are holding up their phones and taking pictures of him. You know, it's just so they can blog about it, you know, blogging about it. (laughs) We've become, this is the generation, this is the new generational divide, right? I mean, we look at like television and cable where we had so much more entertainment than our parents did. 
this new generational divide is a we've become cyborgs and b we live the the online experience is as real as real life and that's the thing that like we're not ever going to get because we're old as shit but this what happens in cyberspace is just as real it's just as prevalent it's just as hurtful it's just as joyous it triggers all of those same endorphins serotonins in the brain as real life has for the rest of us and we're 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 you know this is what's going to show our age moving forward yeah well it also feels like i think driving you see a lot of road rage incidents i get pissed off sometimes when i'm driving but i'm not going to go out and like run over anybody but um there was that armor you're like you're like kind of protected in your car and so people are a different person behind the wheel than they are interacting face to face and it's almost like um i mean and so is when you're interacting with somebody on facebook or twitter or whatever but it feels you're right i think the the kind of like distance between the two the real world and this online world has uh uh oh chris left (laughs) <laughs> this distance has uh lessened so much that um it feels like uh it feels like they are um they think they're as safe as they are at home as they are out in the real world and it it's it's that disconnect basically you know what i mean yep what happened chris what, what buttons are you playing with now my computer uh, decided it wanted to do a restart. So, oh no, fun. okay, yeah, that was not cool, Mister. This computer. is actually better, better picture and sound quality than your computer, whatever you're doing right now. Is it? Are you on your phone? No, this is the laptop, um, which is really sad because, like, my camera and my my microphone, I bought a, I spent money on. But that's cool. You can actually see my uh, beautiful your ears. Sting and in your ears, my uh, <laughs> my ears, yeah. yeah, in my hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I miss, guys? What I miss? <laughs> Nothing. Just us babbling about Gen Z. But no, I, I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to the to well, no, I, I movie. I wanted to. I wanted to chime in because, um, you know, I don't, Guns N' Roses song uh, said that people like, uh, what's the damn lyric? Uh, Things change, but the people's names don't or something like that. And, you know, it may have changed with the times as far as technology and made it better and stuff like that, but still brief history because I did look up Texas Chainsaw Chainsaw Massacre, right? I looked up the whole origin, because I knew if you watched the trailer, was it a true story or not? So I looked it up, and I looked up the the two writers, Toby Toby Hopper, who is actually a really great director, because he directed one of my favorite sci-fi horror films, Poltergeist, and then Kim Henkel. But Kim Henkel said, I wrote this story because off of a of a, of a story or a crime that happened in Houston, Texas. And that was the Houston massacre. And it was two guys who were involved with a third guy of this guy. 
killing, abducting, and raping, and killing teenage boys and young adults. And this happened in 1970 to 1974. And they did this mm-hmm. crime, and they found 28 bodies, 17 <laughs> near a boat, and I think 10 more or 11 more around his property. And then later, the guy who's ahead of it was also uh, got killed by the two teenagers. And my point is, is that it doesn't matter what technology, what Gen Z, what millennial, what greatest generation, what, if not, I mean, this is the seventies. This guy took two kids. They had abusive homes, brought them in said, you're going to do what I say. And you're going to go and kill and, 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 and torture and rape all these kids, all these people. And that is no different from what a kid or any generation has done today. That's why I don't like some horror films, even when it's back then or not, because maybe like 50, 60% it's true and 50, 60% it's not. And being a first responder and seeing the human psyche, being on a lot of cop calls, being mostly on cop calls, you see that. You see that human psyche and human error. And nothing's changed, but maybe the, pe- the people, it's the Guns and Rosa lyric, it's people stay the same, but change, the names change. And that, that's the deal what we got here. So they may have the technology, they, they may think it's real, well, what real it is. But in, in reality, if you're not on the boots on the ground or you don't know the human psyche, you've gone through what you've gone through in real time in life, they're never going to know. They're just going to sit in their high ivory towers. And that's what Gen Z's are, or or want or millennials. I mean, I mean, I I'm there or the generation before that. Um, so we're called Gen X. We Gen exist. X, yeah. We are fucking, we're, we're real people. We exist. We're here. Fucking we're here. Here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> so Represent. in, in, re- in retrospect, and, and the thing is, in retrospect, these two these two guys in the seventies were that did the killing. Were I believe they were seventeen and nineteen. They were kids themselves, yeah. led by a guy who yeah. was uh, thirty or 38. So, well, I, I think the you know, the it, original it, story. I, I think the original story it has it, it was definitely made by. Um, it, it was made with a brain. It doesn't have an ounce of blood um, in it. It's it's all psychological. There's there there is a guy who, there is a guy who hangs a girl on a meat hook. There is a guy who uh, who slams people's heads with a hammer and everything. But it's not as gory. It's not this like giant gory thing that happened that that um, everybody kind of puts it as. The thing is, it's filmed in such a shocking way and almost an honest way that that um, it's it's just it is it it can be sensory overload I think uh, for a lot of people but um, I. I, in it, I, I believe uh, Toby Hooper has gone down saying that he, it, it is a, a comment on the violence that was going on in Vietnam. Um, I think it was, it, I think it had mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, it's got this kind of like down home family. Um, and, but still, it's this kind of like traditional family unit. Um, 
mm. attacking these kind of like forward thinking hippie kids basically and so yeah. i think that yeah. it's 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 that class the classic story of old versus young um you see it, it, it i mean every one of spider-man's villains is this you know it's it even though spider-man is always looking for a father uh, figure um all of his all of his villains are old guys basically you know it's the 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 kind of like older generation where um and it, it just feels like uh um it it does if you boil it down to that you could make a good story out of it but i think that a lot of people kind of focus on the wrong things like the gore and like kind of like right. the shock value um, of that stuff. So yeah. that's where a lot of horror another, goes wrong. So another one, another one from the seventies that adds that old versus new theme. It's not horror, but deliverance. Yeah, I mean that's that's essentially yeah. what, what the, I mean. That's essentially, the theme of deliverance is these you know fancy city slickers coming into the old school backcountry, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fits, and it, it was there's another one, but I don't think it was a horror movie, uh, Rob. What's it called? Uh, Southern Comfort. Oh, I love that movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, it was Wal Walter Hill. Guard. Walter Hill. Yeah. It stars Dexter's dad. Stars Dexter's dad. Oh no, it doesn't star Dexter's dad. It's got uh, uh, Burt Ward in it. It's got uh, the guy from Dexter who was the police chief who uh the older police chief if you guys watch dexter i don't know if you did or not carradine robert carradine yeah no not not david but yeah. but his brother i believe uh and a couple other actors are in it and i love southern comfort was amazing i love that movie but yeah but yeah it, it is was, this it uh was, down uh, home they were like bayou hillbillies versus these uh uh, 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 like soldiers in training who went down there to train with blanks, basically. So, um, yeah, never seen. Yeah, huh. yeah, great movie. Directed by Walter Hill, the guy who did yeah. uh, the guy who did the the Outsiders and a lot of other amazing, amazing movies. So. Well, we will, good. we will absolutely. Since Mark, you go down all these rabbit holes with us, we will absolutely do a review of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You don't have to. I could, I, I can just oh, report wait. back. I don't know if I want to have you guys endure. <laughs> I guess we do. We had to. We had to endure a Phantom Menace, so I guess we can. We can endure this. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, before well, Chris, before we go into our next, Chris, before we go into our yeah. next topic, we have. Uh, yeah. Real fast comment from my man, Jimmy Hightower. And he wants to know, thoughts on Sony buying Bungie? Um, so oh, yeah. what's happening right now is essentially, um, so Bungie is the developer of the Halo games. Um, and my thought on it is it's brilliant on Sony's part because over the past couple of years, Microsoft has been gobbling up developers, right? I'm, I'm waiting on buying my next system right now because I've got to find out if all my favorite games are going to be fucking Xbox exclusive or, you know, if they're going to go on Sony or, you know, where they're going to lie. And so I think that's absolutely something Sony needs to do because what's happening with this is the developers are buying it and then basically offering these games on their premier subscription network. So you buy like a gamer tag plus for Xbox, or, or Sony PlayStation Plus, and you can get a whole library of games for $10 a month. It's, oh, God damn it, Chris. 
anyway. Um, fuck. What is he doing? It, it's called, you know, it's the annuity. <laughs> Let me give this to Mark. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I'm it's glazed the, over. <laughs> I know. It's, it's okay. It's, we had a question, so that's good. <laughs> it's the annuity revenue model. And Sony absolutely needs to do this to remain competitive in the coming years if Microsoft is going to keep buying all of these smaller developers and making the games exclusive to their consoles. So. I think, uh, this is just my opinion, but I think Sony buying Please. Bungie, uh, it's a leap off a bridge, but I feel they're going to fall for a while and then they're going to bounce, bounce back bounce. up. <laughs> so, it's my two cents on Sony and Bungie. So. There you go. You are, as, you are as lost. You're as lost on video games as I am on uh, horror movies. Yeah, we have our special niches. So that's what we do. But uh, yeah, what about that's what, uh, what about the the yeah. guy who didn't they buy Activision? I guess who did Microsoft did. I think that was my, yeah, Microsoft bought Activision and they also bought my favorite game developer, Bethesda. Um, so, I mean, the games I play, and this is one of the reasons, like, I got out of comics for a little bit because I realized there were all these great games that had come out that I never had time to play because I was reviewing all the time. Um, you know, I love the games that you don't just fuck for a night, that you actually marry them and you can play them for hundreds of hours, right? I mean, there's there's a game called um, the Elder Scrolls where it's basically you are going in and, and being this hero. There's like a whole vampire side story to it, right? Where you can decide to go off and become, become a vampire and you're actually playing that role. So, I mean, I just, I love the immersion of these games. I love the hundred hour plus excursions where you explore big, huge open world maps and you have all sorts of, you know, you got to craft skills, you have relationships, you live an entire life, basically, inside the game. And it is a monumental fucking waste of time. But I just, I can't get enough of those games. And Microsoft bought them. So in past generations where I could buy a Sony, you know, I could buy a PlayStation or I could buy an Xbox and I could play these games. That's not going to be the case moving forward. So Sony buying Bungie is just, it's, it's going to be a matter of survival in, over the next few years. Well, as long as they keep now, their mitts off of uh, tic-tac-toe, I will, those big companies, I'll be happy. Do you, have you ever played any video games? <laughs> have you ever done I, any of the video games? I play Sudoku uh, on my phone sometimes. Uh, you know, I, do, I like a word jumble every now and then. <laughs> Some crosswords so on the newspaper. I just don't. I don't. I. I know. I. I know how addictive they are. I know how addictive these games are. So I try not yes. to play them that much. It just. It, it's just too much. Uh. It, it's because I'm. I'm addicted enough to. Uh. You know, horror movies and movies in general and comic books and I like music. So it's. It's hard to. Uh, I love YouTube, just going down rabbit holes with like YouTube, like serial killer stories and, and all that true, true crime stuff and all that stuff. So it's like, I don't have room to play like games like forever. 
Plus, plus they're no, expensive as hell. They, and they're expensive as hell. So it's like I mean it it is like I had to walk it, it's like I had to walk away from comics for a little bit just because I was doing nothing else than just reading comics and reviewing comics. So Jimmy asked if I played Anthem and I played uh, Far Cry. Um, yes, I played both. I have not. Welcome back, Chris. Fuck. Um, yes, I've played Anthem <laughs> and I've played, Far, I've played Far Cry. My thing with Far Cry is it's more action adventure and less RPG. So I like the open map of Far Cry. I don't think it's a huge immersive open world map like you have with the Elder Scrolls or with like Fallout. But I can appreciate Far Cry for what it is. Anthem was a little too actiony role. It was less, more actiony, less role play for me. So uh, I do love. I, okay, I love <laughs> I love the action, um, not deep RPG, but more action oriented of Spider Man. Both of the Spider Man games are fucking phenomenal, and they basically recreated Manhattan. I mean they. They truncated a lot of it. It's not block for block Manhattan, but holy shit, is it like all of Manhattan is your playground to be Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Chris actually has my second one right now. He's playing it. Which I want to get it myself. So as soon as I get it, you're getting yours back. <laughs> yeah, you can have that, it back. I'm get it. Back. One of our, one of our, well, one of our neighbors just got a puppy, so it's a new golden retriever puppy. Um, mm -hmm. So I've been like helping train it and watch it and stuff. And so I was over there the other night, and the dog finally fell asleep. So I had like a half hour to kill, and uh, the neighbor kid has PlayStation Five, so I just fired up Miles Morales on that, and I wouldn't give him the controller back. So when he came <laughs> home, um, I made I made an eleven year old. I made an eleven-year-old cry because he wasn't playing it right. Um, so yeah, get Good that God. get that back to me soon. So I so I stopped taunting I children. <laughs> and yes, Jimmy Miles Morales was a glorified DLC, but I'm okay with that because I love the game. I love more time with the game. So the fact that they just took Manhattan and gave it a winter theme, I'm still okay with. Yeah. Yeah. Should we uh, should we hit our uh, main topic? I think. I believe so. I don't think we're gonna get on episode three, which I finally. <laughs> yeah, let's just do two. Let's just do two. We'll do three. We'll do three, we'll do next, three week. next week. Um, sit <laughs> in the clothes. Um, I actually screamed. Yeah, I actually so screamed at when. When when the ship comes down and Yoda goes like, "Come in the troops," and they come in, and I was like, "Send in the clones." And they, that's where they were. Yeah. Who wants to lead bat on this one? <laughs> I I I like this one. I I I know I'm probably not going to be the um the you know I I just having endured like the first one and also the 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 last trilogy i mean i i kind of liked force awakens but um but the the and and uh the second one had its had its moments but the third one was just a complete mess and i liked the epic kind of scope i liked the um the 
back and forth story. I think it could have used a third compelling um, story rather than just the we follow Anakin on one and Obi-Wan on another. But I think that um, there are a lot of interesting and fun scenes here. You've got the you've got the race at the beginning, or not the race, but the uh, Coruscant, uh, the 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 uh, yeah the car chase at the beginning. You've got the Boba Fett and um, and and Obi Wan fight. You've got Anakin killing the Sand People, and then you've got the big arena showdown at the end i mean they're all grandiose none of them are as iconic as the hoth battle or dagobah or cloud city or Jabba's palace or or endor or any of those like you you mentioned those and you know what i'm talking about and you know what movies those are from they're not as iconic but i think right. that they are this felt this felt more like a star wars movie than the last one i think the the first one i guess the phantom menace um with the exception of the 40 minutes dedicated to the horrendous train wreck of a fucking love story that they try to build <laughs> in Padme and Christensen. I mean, these were scenes I wanted to rip my eyeballs out. Well, I, I don't want to call Hayden Christensen wooden, but uh, I think that if he grew a beard... It would be green and only grow on the north side of his face. <laughs> He's he is so fucking terrible. I mean, he is so. Have you seen his latest movie that just came out a couple? I think it was last year, Little Italy with Emma Roberts. No. Where they work at competing pizza palaces in Little Italy in Canada, and that is the whole premise for this. And his acting has not improved in 18 years. All right. Well, Hayden I mean, Christensen, he, I I did no. see a good I did see a good Hayden Christensen movie. It's called Shattered Glass. It's got it, he plays Philip Glass, this reporter for I believe it was the New yeah. York Times, and he yeah he talks about it's it's all about how it's a great movie, and I think he does a good job about it because the character he plays is kind of he's. He's basically a, a sociopath, a little bit autistic. Yeah, he he sees this. He's he's reporting this story, and instead of he kind of makes up more to the story than actually that actually what he saw. And so it spirals. It's one of these things where you tell one lie and you have to lie about that and lie about that and lie about that, and then he's living a complete lie, which that worked. Um, he was really good in that, but that's really the only one that I've seen that he, that I really liked him in. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a great, that's a really great movie. So if you want to see Hayden Christensen in his only good role, I guess this is a jumper was okay. So, in the, was jumper was okay. In in this though, so what? Let's talk about Hayden Christensen for a second. So what accent is exactly? It sounds like it's a New York hair lip. Like I can't figure out this guy's accent from the jump. I think it's another a, thing. I a little know. bit. Boston meets Huddies. <laughs> sort of like he's got a cold. Another thing, I, another thing I want to know from this. If they're trying to... Does anybody notice that the ship blows up from the inside? After Amidala's ship lands on Coruscant, it blows up from the inside. 
so why the fuck did they wait till she landed on Coruscant? Like, why didn't they just blow it up? I, I think it, uh, maybe we didn't see where the bomb came from. It, so that attempt, is was that Jango Fett too? Um, I thought I, I was trying to piece that together and I thought that that was that, but well, you know, that was Kira Knightley who died, um, in, in that scene, um, at the beginning there. And also I was surprised to see Rose Byrne there, um, as her like little, mm -hmm. uh, advisor. Oh, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. she was in this movie. So that was kind of interesting to see mm -hmm. her. And, and Kira Knightley apologizes for failing her. That's exactly yeah. her job. Yeah. You didn't fail. You, you took the bullet. That's what you're good here job. for. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Taking one for the bullet. Taking one for the team. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's a messed up thing. Like, who's she going to, who's she going to use? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I, I, I get the criticisms. He is not very good. Um, that that said, a lot of the cinematography worked for me as well. Like all of these like different landscapes that were going on. I like the the kiss they kind of share as they're going out into the gladiatorial place. Um and it's in silhouette. Um and also yeah. there's this scene this scene on Tantooine where um he's just found out about Shmi and uh he goes out and they he's are. talking to Padme, but but there's shadows. Um their shadows talking against the wall and this is Anakin's dark side coming out and it's symbolism and, and kind of like cinematography like that. Um, it showed a little bit of um, uh, nuance, I guess that's what I'm looking for. Uh, but well, that is uh, kind of countered by all of this, all of this CG though. That's, it was just, that's, that was just crazy. Right. Well, that's, well, that's, the, that's the thing that I've been saying since the, since the rewatch the prequels and rewatching now, there are moments, um, especially and we lost Mark. Mark's gone. <laughs> Mark is gone. Mark just Where to go? Mark, you gotta stop leaving the pizza on fire, dude. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. Pork Sorry. chop sandwiches. <laughs> what? <is it? laughs> Pork chop sandwiches. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um so like uh so like uh there are moments in this in these movies and attack of the clones has moments and the the shadow scene where he rides off and he says i'll be back um i think uh a lot of people are with the moments um i have to go off what rob has said you have to take a turd and make it into a palace, and even though it's still a palace, still a turd. So, or something like that. Um, and you know, George Lucas is writer and director. And but though the writers also changed up a bit too, which I think made it a little bit better. Um, I got my notes here. Um, just wasn't all George Jonathan Hayes, who did Young Indiana Jones, came and helped out. And John Ostrander, I screw that probably up, who's actually done a lot of work for DC and actually created Amanda Waller. Yeah. Amanda, Amanda Waller. Yeah, he, so uh, yeah, his suicide, his sure. Suicide Squad is one of the best Suicide Squads uh, runs. 
he did that one. Uh, he was great. also he was also writing Star Wars comic books. So yeah, the license for Star Wars comic books used to belong to Dark Horse Comics, and he was writing a lot of those during the '80s and '90s and early 2000s. So it makes yeah. sense that they would bring him in for punch up. And because Lucas is a horrible fucking dialogue writer, he just can't write dialogue. He always needs help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my my favorite scene. Oh, sorry, I just wanted to interject. Just yeah. one second, but my favorite no, no, scene ahead, is when um, they're they're at uh, they're on Tatooine, and they get there, and the one-legged guy is sitting there telling his story to Anakin, and uh, and Padme, and. Aunt Beru has a tray full of I don't know sand juice or whatever, and she goes over to the table and she she sets it on the table, and nobody drinks the sand juice, and I can just see that that Aunt Beru is heartbroken that no one has eaten drank her sand juice while everybody is sitting there. Everybody's paying attention to this old guy telling this story, and I can just see the forlorn look. <laughs> on the actress playing Aunt Beru. And that was like, that was heartbreaking. To me, that Harsh. was the central oh. moment of the story. It was the central Harsh. moment of the story for me. So just, that's that scene. Also, I mean, it's also, you know, also, got me, and, also, got me in Anakin, the field. Anakin, bring, Anakin ends up being, bringing a real piece to the table. I mean, I noticed during that scene, I mean, Natalie Portman just looks, you know, very, yeah, very nice. And then, yeah, and that, Bruce and Aaron, <laughs> she's wearing like these bucket of garbs and shit. I mean, Aunt Peru, I mean, just, you know, I'm Aunt sure. Peru is a swipe left. Natalie Portman's a swipe right. You know, I'm sure Aunt Peru could be hot. You know, she just needs to get out of those baggy clothes and put on, <laughs> put on that skin tight thing yeah. that Fatima was wearing. The final thing. I mean, that was. <laughs> she was uh, do you like how they were able to rip Padme's shirt into a perfect belly shirt? I knew it was, it was coming. Sweet. Rip yeah. it into a perfect belly shirt. It's amazing. It happens. It's amazing. I, I hate when that happens. Everything and looked at, you know, like they didn't even like try to make it a little ragged or anything. They just made Usually, it. Usually like when it was I'm when I'm in a gladiatorial arena fighting for my life. My belt, the 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 midriff section gets ripped off of my shirt too, but I usually. Yeah, but I the... do that. I do that. To... <laughs> I do that to scare them away. I'll yeah. Them my belly's exactly. open in the other direction. And while everyone is puking, I sneak out the exit. Uh, so anyway, yeah. sorry. So that's, that's, that's sorry a great to <laughs> No, uh, no, I can't piggyback off that. I don't know what to say. But <laughs> I mean, just going off, it was just, it was just a. It's it's. I gave it a three point five out of five. It was better than Phantom. Um, way better than Phantom. Jedi seems oh, yeah. beautiful. And Obi-Wan is just Obi-Wan. He brings it every scene. Brings it on every scene. And um, I mean, 
Yeah, that was a great scene yeah. with him and Django. It was just like a. I mean, that could it's have great. been. I mean, it, it's no wonder. It's no wonder they're doing a series with with him uh, because he can really carry. He carried well, that too. whole that whole thing yeah just with those two and it was like a chase and it was just like a fight scene and i thought even the fight scene was pretty well choreographed and um it you know it utilized all of Django fett's weapons but also all of the jedi's powers uh and so it had them fighting each other and i'll bet you that's ostrander um that was ostrander's kind of contribution yeah but um i like the yeah, I like. I mean, I thought the water. I thought I like the water planet. The whole attack of the clones, though, like it wasn't really a clone war. It was the clones. I, you know, they always talked about the clone war in this mythology. It was like I don't know, like the clone war was like five hours. Like no, know, that like, wasn't the clone, the clone war. war. Was like it, it's like half Yoda. A Yoda said it began. Because that all, and then in between yeah. this movie and the next movie yeah. is supposed to be the Clone War saga. Yeah, okay. which is I like, haven't watched. Yeah. I haven't watched. The cartoon. I haven't watched a cartoon. Have you guys? No. Yeah, I'm going through it now. Yeah, I'm going through it now. Yeah, it's almost like after you're done with episode two, you have to stop, and you have to watch the Clone Wars, because that okay. whole block is amazing. The cartoon's amazing. The act, okay. the the storylines are great. It 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 explains why at the end of Bubble Fett you see the uh, uh, Cad Bane, which everybody freaks out. Obi Wan's Anakin's relationship, and I think Rob, when you did the prequels the very first time when, before we did the podcast, you were just going through it. You're like, I feel like I think you said that the pace was so fast, like we we don't even know where these character developments are at but if you watch right. the, the clone wars that whole no. bridge of character development goes right into episode three and i feel like episode three is one of my favorites it's just it's it's in the top five and hmm. it, it 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 really kind of puts it together you guys got to watch attack of the clones and i mean uh the clone wars and uh, the bad batch which i'm about to start that too soon but um okay but yeah that it like it be, it builds a relationship why the clones are the way they are the jedis have more of a storyline all those jedis that you see in the coliseum have stories because of the clone wars um uh, longhead Mag- it's longhead it, magoo does he have long longhead mcgee the the guy with the long head <laughs> yeah that like a moon head <laughs> wait a minute was is he, he is he in? no he was a corvina he was in Corvina. I don't know who. Yeah, I think he died. I think he died. I think he died. Ah, uh, did so. did he die? I didn't think he died. You know, I would. It'd be interesting because he has like a a tassel of hair going off the back of it. It'd be interesting if he wore like a really tall hat and it went all the way over his head and just like stopped here and like the head was like way up here. Yeah, that'd I be think really that would be. Cool. That'd be. But he wasn't. He was a Corvina, cool. was he? He was just a long head dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> like a fez cap or something. <laughs> Rob's Rob is way tuned out by now. Rob's Sorry. Like anyway, yeah. wait. Okay, wait. Who's the okay? Who's the guy? Who's the guy that was green and he was smiling all the time? The Jedi guy. 
with the he was green he had like dreadlocks out the back and he was smiling oh yeah and he well i can't tell is you he in the we clone wars can't do episode three yet. Yeah. he's in yeah he's in the clone wars too and i oh, have to remember i figured he was somebody slowly on it yeah he's somebody important in the clone wars and i think and then we yeah. actually get the ahsoka Ahsoka gets really involved yeah. in the Clone Wars, and that's yeah. Anakin's um, pupil, disciple, or whatever you want. He gets he he yeah. he becomes he she becomes his Padme. So Padme one. So yeah, that that's uh, I uh, Obi Wan's Anakin story is really good because when you get to revenge and you're like, man, I want more of that. You get more of that in Clone Wars. Okay. Yeah. Well. I mean, you saw the descent of uh, their relationship while, I mean, he was, all the way through, he was second-guessing what Obi-Wan was telling him to do. Um, definitely at the end, yeah, when still, he had to choose between Padme, yeah. I, I mean, he still, he was, he was like, arguing with, with her. I, I was distracted by, uh, you know, I, Samuel L. Jackson, I, I'm sorry, he's a, he's a good actor and a good presence, but man, I just wish it was a no-name guy in there. Um, it's it just it was He's, way they too familiar. They didn't give him enough to do. Like for a name yeah. of that presence, you expect more of him in the film. And and yeah, he yeah. could have he probably could have carried a good chunk of you know, they should have given him a little more dialogue. They should have given him a little more to do. Like yeah. get rid of ten minutes of the fucking love scenes that were so terrible. And that's the problem is that Lucas stretched out all the wrong moments in this. Well, yes. they, it was wrong, supposed yes. to be a love story. Yes. That's what, that's what but the, he, I mean, he didn't have the skills to tell a love story, but okay, yeah, but it was supposed yeah. to, but at the same time, he I did. think that, but what, what's love story? <laughs> is he frozen? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> he you said just, love you just story. Froze and you were like this. Love story. He said love story. I'm like, no. <clears throat> yeah. No, but I, I, it was I, just, I mean, no. I just think that I, I just think that the, the, yeah, it was off, but yeah, maybe a Mace Windu uh, side quest sort of thing or some other character. Um, it, they needed to have someone representing kind of like the normal guy, like a Han Solo or like even a, a Chewbacca or, I mean, the only, the only other sort of side story you get is when C-3PO loses his head and R2 is helping him out and, you get all of those funny one-liners by C-3PO. Like, I'm beside myself. I'm losing my head. Yeah. My head's not in yeah. this. <laughs> Things yeah. like that. But, yeah. Those are some good quips. And, Which yeah, is fine. There's got to be... There's got to be twenty percent of it that's for kids. I mean, that's yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's what I mean, that's, that's what flying R two was, you know, in the Roger Rogers stuff. You know, <laughs> well, the second the second guessing. Let's talk about that for a second. So Obi Wan, when we got to to four in seventy seven, you know, if you really break it down, when Luke is in the in the canteen bar with Obi Wan. And Obi-Wan's trying to find a ride to save the galaxy, you know? 
And Obi-Wan and Luke is like, we don't need to take this. We could go find another pilot. And Obi-Wan's like, stop. Just, just stop. Second-guessing me. You know, just let me figure yeah. this out. Now you go back to the prequels, and Anakin's like, no. And he wasn't second-guessing. He was just kind of explaining, like, why do you think we're here? Why do you think we're – he's just a kid. And he's still learning. Yeah. He's still a, 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 a padded one. And that's the Skywalkers. Look at Finn. Look at Luke. Look at even Leia. Leia was a hothead. Look at Anakin. Uh, you look at those family traits. They second guess. They're hotheads. And they are emotional. And um, yeah. so, like, you know, I, and he did the best he could for what he did, for what he, he had to part for. When you get to Revenge... He was a step up from Jake Lloyd. Like, <laughs> way step up from Jake Lloyd. <laughs> Poor Jakey! Poor dude. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I enjoyed it. It's not one of my faves. Probably, like, right above... Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Um, but yeah. once you get to Revenge, honestly, I think where... it, of the of the prequel trilogies, I like this one. Of the prequel trilogy, I like this one the best. Mm. I think. Well, you Just haven't because... watched three again yet. Give, give I know. Three another try. All right, I'll give it yeah. a shot. Um, <laughs> I, I look for, forward to for it. Me, for me, it goes back to just that extending out all the wrong moments. And that's the biggest mistake Lucas made in all this. <laughs> is that he just, he picked all the wrong things to stretch out. Jimmy just left a good comment. Yes, because in a bid for power for the galaxy, I want to hear about their love story. The impetus, I guess for me, what's soul crushing about all this is that Darth Vader was the biggest badass when we were growing up. He, he ran the galaxy, he ran it with an iron fist. He, he, he was, aside from his evil side, virtually infallible. We go back to these prequels, he's a fucking moron. I mean, like when, when, they're, when they're rolling through the grass with each other and, and then, then they start talking about politics and stuff. And it's like, and it's like you know what I wish? I, I wish that there was like, you know, a way that like, you know, we all got together, that people got together and they represented the people. And she's like, that's exactly how the system works. Like, don't they have a fucking <laughs> civics class? Don't they? He's like, a don't Jedi. They, don't they do any social <laughs> he, He's a Jedi. It's, you know, you don't have, you don't have, well, you don't have Harry Krishna's running the uh, Congress. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. They still, like, know the basic, they still know the basic premise of a republic. Yeah. yeah, but well, there's also like people here. There's, but there's also people like here in America, like they don't know their system of government. So yeah. people will go off on being like political this, political that, but but that's what they do. You just gotta get involved. That and whole conversation really going on. So that like, whole conversation was you know, about. And again, um, that whole said conversation that, led yeah. to. 
Yeah, I mean, that whole conversation, the point of that conversation was to lead to him saying it should be ruled by one person. It wouldn't be a bad thing if someone was ruled by one person. That was the point of that entire out of context, like random (laughs) conversation that they focused on. Yeah, I I understood the point of it. Could we clumsily trip there anymore, though? I mean... (laughs) Meanwhile, those big things in the back, it's got picture of his ass and it's like turning out right there right as <laughs> wanted him to roll through bantha shit when he was like trying to hot dog i just want to see him fall into bantha shit the whole time and and honestly though man that's some cringy flirting that he was doing that was some really rough wow, like creepy <laughs> flirting i creepy. dreamed of you every night yeah uh, yeah, that's. So I, I can't. I can't save but that. Again, I can't. It, I can't save it. I can't talk about it. I just no. Well, it's there's it, nothing it's reflective that is of, creepy as hell. Well, it, it's also reflective of you know, uh, girls make bad decisions at the beginning, like picking the wrong guy, <laughs> like the obsessive guy, because she <laughs> took it as like a compliment. She took it as like, hey, this guy's into me. He's he's tall. He's like, he's tall, got a full head of hair. You know, it's like, he's got a cool, cool lightsaber. That's the criteria for women women when we're in our 50s. I hope that they're a little bit more discerning. They should have a full head of hair when they're teenagers. No, I don't know. His, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm not um, rescuing it. I like, see, no, but, but, but here's the thing. I like. But past that, if you get past the crap and he start, they start really talking about their relationship and he goes, I just don't want to live in a lie. That dialogue start get that, that dialogue started really getting good or getting well in the dialogue. Better. But before that, that was creepy as hell. <laughs> creepy as hell. Not good. Better. It was better, better. not uh, better, more better. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It was just. I think. I, yeah. I think it. a lot of those. They could have communicated some of that stuff. Um, say Mace Windu and Longhead McGee and uh, a Wookie. What <laughs> they they had to. They all walked. They all did. Say, say you followed. Say somebody was on Tantooine, and there's a battle with the Tuscan Raiders, and you—that's when Shmi gets gets uh, stolen. You know that whole scene is kind of glossed over. Yeah, Shmi. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a one-legged guy. Yeah, Shmi's. I I used to do your mom. (laughs) The one guy goes, I I guess. I bought her than a bangle. I traded a bantha for her. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, because of the Bubba Vest show and the Sand People, or Tuscan Raiders, and the way that relationship was, okay, so I'm going to bridge this gap a little bit. Probably will not like this. But if you look at what he did, killing that whole village, which that's not the Jedi way. And then what Bubble Fett made that relationship and they all died at the end, which was really sad, bridges that gap and says that every life and every relationship really does count. 
they brought Bubba Fett in. Bubba Fett's not a really great guy, but he got that culture, built that relationship, and helped them out where Luke, I mean, Anakin just lost his crap and just killed every man and woman and child, which is completely evil, which, again, that's a setup of what's going to happen to Revenge. So that just shows how bad Anakin was. It shows how bad Lucas constructed this because he, he made it all so quick. Every turn of Anakin is like a fucking light switch. I think I had my notes here. Does Christian or does Hayden Christensen have more levels than hot and cold? Because that's it. Like, you know, the motherfucker, it's like black or white. It's just there's no there's no shades of gray or nuance to any of this. It just he flips, he flips, he flips. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm evil. I'm good. I'm good. I'm evil. Right. I mean, it's just it's out of character, which yeah. is weird to say for Darth Vader. Which, right. I mean, which is yeah, not like I think that's right. That's the story. That's the story steering the character rather than the character steering the story. Fair. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, they needed him to act that way. Um, in order to get to the third one. So it's kind of that transition thing. It's like there you see a lot of these movies in horror, especially like descent in descent into madness sort of stories, where it's like you follow this person for a long way, and then it's supposed to be a logical step from one, step A to B to Z, and then all of a sudden you're on step step K and you're like, Holy shit, this this person is crazy. Like it, um but yeah, I think um I, I think it just wasn't written well enough to for us to believe the move from step A right. where he's that into step D whatever where he ends up in. I guess. Yeah. So. Right. There's no gray. There's no gray. And that's yeah. different from Luke we, because Luke was <laughs> Luke never had a problem going to the dark side. He was always on the good side. He never fought against how, like, okay, well, somebody uh, just, you know, peed on me, whatever, or just took my lightsaber and I want to blast him. Luke was never like that. He always well, it would have like, been. I don't know what I should do. Well, I wish Dooku was on Tantooine there and kind of was swaying him with the dark side. Or more scenes with Ian McDermott as the Emperor Palpatine and, and like him swaying him towards the dark side. Just yes. this kind of like dark voice in his ear. Um, if that would have happened, like imagine if there was another another Jedi there and it was it, it was Dooku and they thought Dooku was a part of it all. And uh, yeah. he was just there on the mission with them. And as he's talking, he's saying, well, these sand people have to pay. And it really helps him yeah, yeah. kind of guide guide him down that path. I think that would have made it, the transition a little bit better. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, Dooku's in Clone Wars, and they actually mm-hmm. capture Dooku and gets in mind of Anakin. But the problem is that's way after the Sand People. That's now we're into the Clone Wars. So there's no like, right. um, there's no like. Well, I'm just gonna kill Sand People. Because I'm gonna kill sand people, and yeah. again, there's no like I I really like the whole. It's just too it's too fast, but then it goes really slow, and then we're really too fast. What just happened? And that's the character development. I just I, between the Clone Wars and Revenge, it's really amazing. When you get to Attack, 
it's like okay well and i think and i think and it shows lucas is not the best with his own creations because you get to clone wars it's a whole host of people writing it's a whole team bringing this together it's yeah. Dave just Filoni. as you saw with episodes just as you saw with like episodes uh, episodes five and six the studio took it out of the hands of lucas because he just he, he's great at the big ideas he's just not great at the carry he doesn't give a shit about actors he does not care well i i, I think actors he's just I wish they would have at least kept him on as a story consultant because then it would have felt a little bit more cohesive. Um, it it, they, it they would have did, still felt like George Lucas' the, Star Wars. Yeah, they did in the sequels. They brought him back for yeah. episode nine from what I heard. Um, because of Ryan Johnson, what yeah, he did way, to way episode eight. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I it's like. I mean, late. yeah, yeah. So. Well, yeah. next week okay. we'll get revenge on the Sith. Uh, we didn't mention Yoda's fight. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I want to give uh, a shout out. Yeah, I want to give a shout out that. Um, um, so when I was married, when I was dating my wife and um, uh, my wife now, and I go, so what does your dad do? Blah, 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 blah. And she goes, well, he's in, he, he does these things. Like, what does he do? <sighs> like these things, what does these things do? Oh, in Hollywood. I'm like, oh. And then found out that he's the creator of inventor of master replicas, who is also uh what makes it more interesting because i just watch i watch attack of the clones i love yoda's lightsaber scene I, I love yoda's lightsaber and she goes well you know who created yoda's lightsaber and i go i have no idea to your dad <laughs> yeah okay she goes yes wow. <laughs> pretty cool and so uh my father-in-law created yoda's lightsaber nice. nice and um so that was the the design everything Gave it uh, to Lucas Films, and uh, that's Steve Demso's work. Nice. Huh. Well, that that was a but, cool uh, scene. I love the part where he just he like flicks his his yeah. uh, coat open, and it yeah. it flies yeah. into his hand. I mean, that's that's a badass yeah. move. Yeah. And uh, I like yeah. Dooku's Dooku's uh, lightsaber too. With the I hand do on. like Dooku. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Too. So. Yeah, I it, I love Dooku's. Uh, I love. I love all the Jedi scenes. Yeah. Um, but Yoda's lightsaber, like uh, Yoda's fight, is really cool. Um, but people were like, "It's too gimmicky. It's too comical." It felt it's, like I mean, it's, fan, hard. It, it's hard. It's hard with it was fanficy. I think it, you know it. It, yeah. it was like everybody wanted to see that, but I, I mean, I don't know what they could have done to make it distinct or anything like that. They they. They did it cool, and I was like, "Oh, I could see Grogu uh, fighting like that sometime in the future." You know, just jumping around and flipping and jumping on the walls and bouncing and, and all that stuff. I mean, that I, that would be cool. Um, now, I, I think that there were way too many scenes of a, a CGI Yoda, and the CGI looks terrible. Um, but that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
that, that's why it, I mean that's why it looks it, and it looked a little bit comical back then. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 all just too CGI. That's that's yeah. the whole issue. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, sonic charges. We talk about that. <laughs> in space. Uh, I saw that. I saw that in theater, and Obi Wan's following Jangle Fett, and Bubble's like, "Kill him, kill him!" And he leaves the sonic charges. And in theaters, it's just that's just an amazing scene um, when he's following Jangle Fett, and and every sonic charge. And so when you saw that in Bubble Fett, the book of Bubble Fett, I was just like, "Oh my God, it's a sonic charge!" So <laughs> it's really, really cool. I love that scene. It's a really good scene. It is a cool effect. Yes, Mark. Uh, I- I- I, I kept thinking there's no sound in space. That kept going through my head, but I go that that, that kills that kills the whole fucking series. Then I mean that's yeah. what we'll talk about next. We'll talk about it next week. But that's a really good thing about the opening scene of season three is just how my favorite science fiction is when they do lean into that. That's why I love Battlestar Galactica so much because Battlestar Galactica, the mm-hmm. new one plates yeah. such much silence in space. It really mm-hmm. did an amazing job with um, the quiet of space. Uh, very similar to um, 2001. 2000, I was thinking 2001, A Space Odyssey was mm-hmm. very, you know, space was quiet like it should be. So that is always the first thing that pops into my head. It's like, there's no fucking sound in space, but you got to concede to that. So episode three just, starts just out until... very quiet. Just wait until the last one, the very last one of the series, when they're riding horses on on the side of a spaceship with no gravity <laughs> and no air. But that's okay. We're, we'll get there. <laughs> Rob, are you uh, Rob? Are you going through uh, Battlestar Galactica right now? Because I'm going through it as well. I'm on episode two. I've watched it so many times. I, I've I've gone through it like three times already. I, I just that's one of my favorite series of all time. It's so really? well written, so well done, up until the very last episode. Gotcha. But I won't. I'm watching. Uh, this is your first, right? Battlestar. This is your first time watching Battlestar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was waiting for Mark. Mark, what are you watching? No, I wanted to do it. Oh, uh, right now I'm watching uh, uh, Fabulous Gemstones or The Righteous Gemstones. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, that's my break from horror and all this, like in comics, but it's, it's amazing. I love that show. So it's, I, it's, it's I, a Righteous Gemstones. Very good show. Yeah. It, I, Have you watched I the first am, season? Or are you all? I just finished the first season and I'm, get, I'm just about to start the second. So first season was amazing. I yeah, expect so the same. Same level of awesome. So. It's hilarious, but I mean, a, a real masterclass, a masterclass in writing is Battlestar Galactica. It is. Mm-hmm. It's done by Ronald D. Moore, who wrote all Star mm-hmm. Trek: Next Generation, but he had to like play within the studio constraints and the system constraints of, uh, you know, Brendan Branagh and the other producers. He, he you know, he had to kind of acquiesce to some of their sillier notions. Battlestar is completely his baby. Uh, he's also uh, the head showrunner on uh, the show on Apple TV right now, For All Mankind, which yeah. is phenomenal as well. Phenomenal, yeah. You should you should give Battlestar a try, Mark. Like, I mean, you should. I you, I, I like to. I think 
you know what? I started watching that one that was set after Battlestar. What was that called? The Caprica. 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 Yeah, I, that was my introduction into the the Battlestar universe. Yeah. Although, as a yeah, kid, a, as a kid, I had a toy of that that dog in a that the Daggett. Walk, Daggett. Daggett. Is that in the new one? Is it? No. 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 I do like me some Buck Rogers. You... Oh. <laughs> I loved Aaron Gray. I actually got to meet Aaron Gray at one of the Wizard Worlds. And I'm like, wow, you just helped all my young sexual awakening. Thank you, man. <laughs> I, saw Aaron, I saw Aaron Gray and she looked great at, at, at uh, I think it was a Wizard yep. World. And she was sitting it beside... Was. She was sitting beside uh, Gil Gerard, and uh, Gil Gerard looked like he ate Gil Gerard. That he was—he's a big, <laughs> big guy, <laughs> big, big guy. But you know, hey, you know, it's. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I enjoy Buck Rogers. Caprica is not the place to start. Battlestar, yeah. the original, is the place to start. Yeah, Caprica. Which is a two. It's a two-episode pilot. So there's season one and there's season one. You yeah. have to watch the pilot to get to season one. Yeah, so. but that's fine. It's like a two-hour. I think it's on. The pilot. It's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. I'll I'll eventually watch it. I'm sure. it? Yeah. It's so it's I'll, it's, I'll it's just out. you know, as a as a writer, it's you should give it a give it a look see. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, Wizard World and Fan Expo, <clears throat> we going? I'm not. Oh. Where is that, dude? That fan expo was that the the, the try. I posted this on. It's right by our house. It's not too far away. Mm. Um, that I think it is utterly atrocious that they're using Stanley's picture of people that might appear, and they have Stanley's fucking picture on there. Who I mean, who's that saying? Is just I, who is what? saying that he he might appear? He might appear there. Wizard World. They're not saying definites. The ghost of Stanley. It might be just as Toupee shows up for an interview. I thought, I, maybe, I, maybe I read it wrong. Is it, is, hey, Rob, is it like what has been appeared at Fan Expo or what, what, or. These people have appeared before at Fan Expo, but that is the clickbaity bullshit that I fight my daily life in skin marketing. It's it's that kind of horseshit where they just flash up some pictures and they don't rely on people reading to sell fucking tickets. That just angers me to no end. Yeah. Yeah. They also said Betty White and Meatloaf were going to be there. I was I was thinking about I was thinking about going because um, you know Kevin Smith's going to be there and uh, Stacey Mee's going to be there. I'd like to meet them. John F. Kennedy. Uh, John F. Kennedy's going to be there and Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> Beethoven. You let, you let, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> Kevin Smith actually 
really decent. He retweeted, he answered me on Twitter, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, where on Facebook, these ads kept coming up. Want to be cast in Clerks? Click here and you can get cast in Clerks. So I actually tweeted him and I go, is this legit? And he wrote me back and goes, no, it's absolute bullshit. I don't know. I've met both of them twice already. So I'm like, eh, it just, you know, the thrill is gone, I guess. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to go with me? I, I don't want to know the cover charge and you're paying what 50 you're paying like 40 bucks to get in then you're paying like another 50 to get pictures with them tell them you're a member of press i don't think that'll work anymore i just went <laughs> to the ain't it cool site while we were while we were yeah. talking they're yeah. now putting up comic reviews like every six months they're putting up a new comic review well wow. well they're it's semi-regular well it's good no no, that's about as regular as fucking Mel Brooks's prostate at this point. Yeah. It's, that's not regular. Bad. You can never go home again. I try not to go back there because it just it depresses me. So like, yeah, I just yeah. But, I don't think uh, we can claim press. Should I? Should I? Uh, should I say the unholy thing? Maybe we should start our own review. But... <laughs> no, <laughs> too hard. Yeah. Maybe we should do it ourselves. No, <laughs> it's it, it, it's it that it's cutthroat in those those review things. I mean, they are. Yeah, no, I I get it. I get it's all it. money. Especially, it's it's all it's all it's all based off of cash. You've got to you've got to have a reserve of cash to get any kind of notice and even get started. You've got to because you've got to pay to play these days. Ain't it cool? Was great because it was one of the first geek sites on the internet. So no matter how shitty they build that site or what they do to it. It has such a high domain authority that every time a page is published, like when we would do the reviews, if I was doing a new book that week, like a book that had um, was just coming out that Wednesday. So they would send me the preview pack on like Monday and I frantically like read through the 20 books and then shit out a thousand words by you know mark would publish it at you know because of embargoes mark would publish it at midnight because he never fucking sleeps i don't know when he does but um you know mark would publish it at midnight by twelve ten. if you did a if you typed in batman number 720 we would be at the very top of organic search because Anna mm -hmm. cool had been around for so long its domain authority was like in the high 90s which mm -hmm. Generally, it, that's only like very large enterprises have that high of a domain authority. It's These funny. Days, I don't. I don't use it. I, I don't use it that often. But it's like every now and then, if I mention "Ain't It Cool," people still remember that site. They just are like, "Is that thing still going?" You know, it, which is yes. sad. Oh, yeah. But, um, but they, they remember could, it. They could, they could still, if they cared, be great. But they just. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, we're past the two-hour mark. We should probably yeah call this. A I'm good. Evening. I have nothing else more other than uh, uh, episode three, and um, and uh, we'll be published this podcast this week, and uh, follow our YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and follow and follow. And follow Mark on his ML Miller Frights. Are you still writing for that or doing the reviews for that other company? Weren't you doing it for another company? Uh, I was for a tiny bit, but no, I'm not doing it anymore. It's just me. It's just for me. Uh, I'm talking to a couple of people, um, but uh, 
might be little things in the works, but not nothing I can say anything about yet. But um, M.L. Miller writes on YouTube, M.L. Miller writes on the interwebs. That's about it. All righty. Cool, cool. Have a good night, John. Right. Night, night, guys. guys. See Thanks. you. Be safe. Well, that's the episode, folks. I really hope you enjoy this episode. But please follow us on here, Anchor and Spotify, as well as all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Thank you so much again, folks. Have a safe and awesome week. Remember, always be nerdy. Thank you.